0: Society in general are big on respect. How can you be big on respect, but choose who they respect? There's a concept known as in-group and out-groups. If a person falls into
1: the same group as us, we give them positive attributions. But if people don't fall in the same group as us, we exhibit negative qualities towards
2: those people. Maybe it's because there's a moral erosion
0: going on at large scale in our society.
2: People tend to see the younger generation as the worst version of themselves, right? Albert
0: Einstein said, education is not about what you learn, it's about how you think. Mm. But yet, people that are educated seem uneducated. Welcome to Dr. Tove's Corner. Welcome to another episode of Skatayan. To Skatayan is to articulate thoughts that are all over the place. And in this episode, we are going to be continuing our conversation on empathy within society or lack of empathy within society. I've got the same guest from the previous episode, so please welcome back to Talks Corner, Professor Morris. How are you doing, Morris? <laughs> oh, it's, good. it's good to be back. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Hopefully we have another Thank interesting, you. deep conversation. And also welcome my guy from another mother in another country, in another planet. Please <laughs> another welcome.
2: Another planet, man. Yeah. <laughs> another we'll cosmos. I'm I mean, yeah, in a different
0: of my own exactly please yeah. welcome the deep thinker thank master you, thank you, thank you, professor you. prince welcome to the thank show you. sir thank you very much thanks for having me hi- hi- hello to
2: my guy Waris. and yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for another se- se- yes we're back stationary. at it again back is yes.
0: come on all right all right all right we're going to continue obviously the conversation we had in the previous episode where we're discussing empathy or lack of empathy how people just think they can say whatever they like without considering other people's feeling or considering what the other person might think about them. So, I'm going to start this episode by asking one simple question. Growing in our society, West Africa, because I can't just say Nigeria now, it's West Africa. I'm sure it will be the same across other parts of Africa, but I'm 100% sure this is Africa. There's the saying, dress how you want to be addressed. That's right. Dress how you want to be addressed. So, where does empathy come in that situation? And I'm going to give an example because they say dress how you want to be addressed. And people have taken that saying literally where if people don't look wearing a suit or wearing a buttoned up shirt, then that person is jobless, is useless, does not deserve any respect. You can insult that person, talk to the person anyhow. And if a lady is wearing a vest or a miniskirt, you can just talk to the person anyhow. When I was living in Kano, sometimes the kids... Children will be chasing down women that are just wearing short skirts and slapping their bum and things like that. And it's allowed because apparently you're not supposed to dress that like you're supposed to cover up. So where does empathy come into that? Where does respect come into that? I, I will start with Prince this time because the last episode I started with Maurice so I will start with Prince. Yes, I think our society, man. There are some things about society that is not
2: cool, not good and not molded. I think in most countries, I um, in most African countries that used to practice female genital mutilation, they've been abolished, Right. So, Mm -hmm. there are some outmoded aspects of our culture that we shed off. And there are other aspects I think is outmoded, we should shed off. And that's an example. There's a lack of openness and there's a a lack of empathy and towards diversity of different people. Now, the extent to which we have to be diverse and empathetic to uh, different people, the extent to which you can do it, this is a subject of debate. But I think. Uh, most, I uh, will uh, because we are West Africans, we can say that, uh, using where I'm from Ghana, most of mm-hmm. us could be more open-minded, more empathetic, more tolerant of the diversity and divergence in different people. Some things are not right, like how people dress, like I, I've done this several times. I go to the bank sometimes, yeah, I can dress like this, wear work, work in a t-shirt, wear t shirts and then a shirt, I'll go to the bank and then they'll treat you like every other person. But well, let me put on what my what African print up and down. I put some mm-hmm. um, on some gold watch and a great gold bracelet. Put my hand in my pocket, form like an organ, and then mm-hmm. I go at pocket and I'm trying to articulate myself differently. And then oh yes, I boss. The, the reception is different. It's just sometimes it's a bit unreal. If yesterday I was having this conversation with some friends of mine, do you have to be what people want to see, or you have to be yourself? And it went like hmm. in so many directions, but yeah, some are, some aspects of our culture, are more that we need to shut off, seeing yeah. people as a certain way, based on how they are dressed, because mostly people dress for reasons, not because of what perhaps they are. They are elements of that though, but to just judge people or conclude on what a person's substance is based on just their appearance is basic, is rudimentary, is archaic
0: thinking, in my view. Hmm. So before I bring Maurice in, what you said just made me remember when Mark Zuckerberg came to Nigeria, I think in uh, between 2019 and 2021, I think. He came to Nigeria, obviously, he just wears T-shirts wherever he's going to. And people were like, oh, look, at Bologna. he's wearing T-shirts and everyone around him was wearing suits. And they were all yabbing people that are wearing suits. Which was funny to me because the same people that are saying that will be the people that would disrespect those that are in T-shirts and respect those mm. that are wearing suits. So really? it's like hypocritical are like, once again.
2: How are you wearing t shirt?
0: Exactly. But anyway, they were there praising Mark Zuckerberg for wearing t shirts and people around him wearing suits. I just remember that scenario. Yeah, Maurice, what do you have to say about this dress how you want to be addressed?
1: I think how we address people is also based on perceptions, it's based on there is this implicit bias that comes with it, right? Because what we have is a situation whereby we have this unconscious, automatic assumptions about people, and that's as a result of experiences that we've had over time and repeated exposure. So again, because we've exposed to a certain way or views over time, we begin to address people based on that. So let's say somebody is dressing and they want to be addressed as they don't even see anything to it. So you put on something simple, you're wearing this because maybe the weather is hot. So you're wearing some skimpy dress and you're wearing Mm -hmm. some light outfit because number one, you like how that feels towards your skin. So you're not really thinking about if you're going to be addressed in a certain way. So what Mm -hmm. then happens is if we then address somebody based on a certain way, We are only going to address them based on our preconceived notions or this particular narrative of what that means. And that sometimes would, in several cases, differ from what the original intention of the person wearing the dress is. So that becomes a problem. That becomes a problem if how you're addressing me doesn't align with how I want to be addressed, because this is where perception then comes in. And then because you're not uh, really empathetic enough, because remember, we don't really necessarily understand how that person is feeling when they put on that dress. So we're just basing it off our own understanding and knowledge based on our life experiences. And, but I think that notion is problematic and I don't think we should address, we should, how did you put it? Dress, address how people how, we should address people how they, by how they dress, mm-hmm. um, I think rather we should address people how they want to be addressed.
0: Okay, which makes sense. I like that. I like that take. In Rabdo said, I said, address people how they want to be addressed, which takes me back now to another conversation. Our society, West African society, I'll say society in general across the world, they are big on respect, respect people. So, how can you be big on respect, preach respect, but yet, they choose who they respect. Isn't that like a contradiction in itself? You preach to people, respect people, respect others generally, treat people how you want to be treated, but yet at the same time, the level of disrespect to others is quite high. I don't know, what do you say to that? Yes, go ahead, Maurice.
1: I think one thing we need to look at is how we human group ourselves right so there's a concept known as in group and out group so essentially there is this unconsciousness in the human mind whereby we are trying to infuse ourselves with members of the same groups and if this person falls into the same group as us then we give them positive attribution so we say this person is trustworthy they are competent and so on but if these people don't fall in the same group as us what then happens is we start to exhibit certain negative qualities towards those people so we start to regard them as inferior or there's just something off about this person just because you don't align with the person so that kind of brings me to the question you asked about so we need to be consciously aware of whether or not these people fall into our groups just because someone doesn't align with you or somebody doesn't look like you or doesn't think like you doesn't fall into the same religious group as you or the same societal status as you then we start to not favor them as much as we would people who we align with so much so this is where recognizing taking a conscious effort to always be in the moment and recognizing these thoughts when they come up and so yeah but we'll come back to that i don't know where what um prince, uh, prince has to say
2: yeah in groups out groups seeing people different when they are in the out group as opposed to other sort of thing i don't know what you're talking about i was just thinking For me, it's a a huge chunk of it comes down to our education. And I'm wondering, all I was thinking about is, could we engineer society to be different? And how would we have to do it? Like all of these things that you're saying, in groups, out groups, to what extent can we engineer people to at least? Fine, you have an in group and there's an out group, but you don't have to project the negative onto the out group. And to what extent can we engineer people not to be doing? some of um, these things, these, that's the question that's running into my mind now and some possible ways that can be done through education because of our backgrounds. But yeah, that's what, all I'd want to add here for now.
0: Yeah. But then speaking about education, we're all educated. The whole respect thing is educated. You hear it from all your religious teachings, you hear it from home, respect people, treat others how you want to be treated, you know, um, like how can you be preaching respect but at the same time, there's high level of disrespect. And speaking about in-group, out-group, how you treat people, isn't that in episode four and episode five, we looked I and discussed fake it till you make it with different guests from a male perspective, female perspective, right? The reason why people can fake it till you make it in our society successfully is because of this perception of how they address people, dress how you want to be addressed. If you dress like a rich person, automatically your chances of success is higher than if you just, you know, want to be comfortable. So if we're saying respect people, but we're only respecting certain group of people, isn't that the reason why on social media there's a lot of cyber bullying? because people choose who they respect. They only choose who they regard as either richer than them I think Prince also mentioned about class or religion or or wealth. People that are either richer than them, than them, people that they feel are like, feel are intellectually superior to them. And everyone else just think we can just insult. Whatever you say, you be mumu. I don't know what the terminology of mumu is in in, in Ghanaian colloquial saying. I don't know. What is it? John yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We used to say jumbo <laughs> Yeah,
2: probably, probably that that one. About yeah. Yeah. Once again. Where like, those... can, I, can I say one thing before you go on? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Like We are being socialized and educated to respect people and then mm-hmm. we are being, quote-unquote, educated with some values that we are not practicing. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because there's uh, moral erosion going on a large scale in our societies. That is why people are being socialized in a certain way and they are not living by it. Maybe it's moral erosion, I think. And most people, there's this view that people tend to see the younger generation as always the worst version of themselves, right? But would it not also be a, a moral erosion? People, you are told to respect, you are told to you know, respect others, but you don't practice it. If you don't practice it, you don't live by the, the values that you
0: espouse. Would it not be a moral erosion going on? Yeah, it could be. Morris, that's a question for you. Is there no moral emotions <laughs> erosion going on?
1: Uh, I'm not I mean, really losing sure. our
0: values. I know a friend of mine, sorry to
2: call you, I know a friend of mine, a pastor, actually today is his birthday, he will say that uh, we should let, everyone should go back to reading Ketsy for boys and girls and things will get better. Like our, our morals have just evaporated pretext for whatever reason they are. I, but,
0: yeah. I,
1: I, I think people who say that, what they're doing is they're indirectly disregarding, in some way, the so-called morals that this younger generation are trying to instill Mm. so just because we do not agree with them or because we do not see eye to eye on certain levels. So that means you're wrong. And we get it a lot from the other generations. They think a lot of them, not everyone, obviously, they think they have experience, they know better. You get the typical adage uh, from an African parent, say, I give birth to you. What an elder sees sitting down. Child, even if you climb the tree, you wouldn't see it. Which is true
0: in some cases.
1: In some cases, but sometimes it's yeah. not always true. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a situation whereby there should be a constant dialogue whereby we both learn from each other. And let's not forget that over time, society detects morals. And a lot of the times, these tend to change over time. So we can't keep living on the past with the hope that, you know, things will return to the way they were. So that's just my take on it. But...
0: Um, so speaking about dialogue, how can you dialogue with someone that when they don't agree with you, they call you stupid, idiot, you don't know what you're saying, you know, Sabi anything, oh, you are useless, you're worthless. How can you debate someone or people that don't want to listen or learn anything new? Prince?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is that is where I would say that the the moral erosion for me is a big one there. And also I'm thinking I don't know whether it's it's a host, it's a civil education or I, I don't get it the extent to which there's no uh, dialogue and openness and the extent to which people can really dialogue on ideas without prejudice without fear of being labeled as uh, dumb or whatever right uh, how, how can that happen for me i'd I like to run to education a lot and I think you can tell at that a if it's thats Our socialization is another form of education. But I'm looking at maybe Mm -hmm. can we formally, like in the formal educational system, can we instill a bit more diversity and inclusion into it consciously? You see all of the fuss we are making about the um, SDG goals. If we can make the same fuss about diversity and inclusion, there are some dialogues that needs to be had in the public domain. And the place that they ought to begin is in our formal educational system, because that is where... People are being consciously moulded to turn out a certain way, right? Because if we leave it to society, we leave it to each family, then each family will just pass down what they see to be best. I'll raise my children the way I think is right. And I'll perhaps I'll raise them to be open-minded and be willing to dialogue, be tolerant of divergence and be inclusive as best as they can, right? Hmm. But what about the neighbor? Why is the other person raising? It's yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the formal educational system. I'm also not sure whether it's because yeah. we're in academia. So there's a bias to
0: always see that what we do is the solution. But yeah. So I was going to even pick up on that as well. But ed- in terms of education, this current generation, I would say from the 80s or late 70s onwards to now, are the most educated group of individuals on the planet. Right? Right. And... I saw something, a quote um Albert Einstein that said, it's not a direct quote, now I'm paraphrasing. Education is not about what you learn, it's about how you think. Mm. So they're teaching you all these maths so that you can figure out how to solve problems. They teach you about structure of English sentence so you can speak, you can know how to articulate yourself properly. You learn biology so you know what's going on in your body, so you can think for yourself, some mm. critical reasoning. That's why the highest highest award in education is a doctor of philosophy and not the most brilliant math person because you are meant to think. You're a doctor of thinking. You are logical in nature. So if people are the most educated, which should automatically mean that they should be the most open-minded, the most open to having conversation with other people, but yet this generation still seems the ones that are the most abusive and the most divisive and the most disrespectful, compared to other generations. Because if you look at people that are 70s and 80s, when they have... Unless they are irritated, no matter what you say to them, they'll just look at you and move on. For this generation, they can't do that. They can't just disagree with you and move on. So, Maurice, like, what do you have to say to all of this situation? Educated, but at the same time, seem the most uneducated. I
1: like to... I would say yeah that... I don't think... I think the people that we... as as we put it portray those attitudes i think they don't know better right because you are only as good as the level of education that you've attained so if you were raised in a certain way so if you are taught in in a certain way chances are you're gonna behave in that way
0: i would like before you go on can you clarify what i mean by level of education is it like formal education or home education?
1: Both. Both formal and informal. So if we go back to the informal one, home education, think about how those generations we we're talking about, how do we raised. They were pretty much raised with, well, in our part of the world, I would say with an iron fist, whereby there is corporal punishment when you do something. So we talk about respect, but then if you do something wrong, there isn't that much conversation. A lot of the times you're not even told the reasons behind why you shouldn't do certain things. They just said, obey me. And as a result of that, what we've had is a situation whereby people basically, they just conform, but that's how they were raised. So they were raised in such a way whereby when they do something, That is not right in the views of those people who say that it's not right. They're punished. There's There's like a punishment attached to it. So when you've grown up with that kind of upbringing, again, I always go back to foundational development, how you were raised when you were a child. For example, I remember a couple of weeks back, my nephew and nieces, they came over for Christmas and you could see the dad... Basically telling the, the the older child to say, go kiss your sister good night and take this and share it with your sister. He could have easily given the both of them separately, but say so share this with your sister. And even when the sister acts up in a certain way say, No, don't do this, and you go back to reinforcing some of those positive attitudes we want them to imbue when they grow up. And so that's what happens, whereby I think. It all stems from how we were raised, the level of understanding that we have. Chances you are you're taught by a crappy teacher. You're going to be a crappy student anyway. So if we don't know better, we can't act better. So that's how i put it. So sometimes I don't really blame them. I just think they don't know better.
0: Right. So a couple of things I picked from what you've said so far. You said about how they are raised, basically, in school. When they ask questions, if you don't have a teacher, will just beat you. And so basically saying you're stupid so don't you ask me any questions no explanations, and then they bring that attitude to life or in social media where if they don't agree with other people they beat them and this time it's an insult basically yeah. but at the same time the example you gave about your nephews and nieces sharing and caring for the sibling is the same thing on social media as well people care for their family members they will not insult their family members online never ever They will love and care for the family member, but everyone else can be insulted, right? Which takes us back to the question we had in the previous episode, in terms of, must you feel something to have empathy? Must it be my family member before I realize that I can't just give them low self-esteem because I disagree with them? So yeah, we can say it's education system. Yeah, we can say they don't know any better. How does that change? I don't know if education can change it. I don't know if family can change it. Like, where will people get empathy from? Is it going to be self-taught empathy? Or do you have to wait for your pastor, priest, radio programming to come and start teaching you how to understand people? I'll, I'll come to you, um, Prince.
2: The the social systems, the social institutions, sorry, would have to take a, an active role in it. That's, the social institutions make it complicated, which is what I like to. If I'm to pick two institutions, I'll perhaps see what the government does through civic education, and then also what our educational system does. For me, I put it down that I, because of my love for philosophy and what I think philosophy does, I think when people are more educated in philosophy, they understand the world better, they understand the world around, the world around them better. And then the remote world also a bit better. And more education in philosophy, I think would be a big remedy to all of that. If people are educated in philosophy, they understand some knowledge in metaphysics, ontology, epistemology, position in the world, where the diverse views around how the world came about, the diversities about different societies, things around ethics, different ethical systems, how other different cultures live, a bit of sociology and all of that, right? So I'm thinking that philosophy pale in our education system that we can sort of give students, whilst they go through education system, by the time they've come out, they've been educated so much about the world around them and then the remote world, the world that is so distant from them that they cannot see or interact with, that they are very much, they understand what it is to to live in a diverse world. And the government also plays a role. I think the government can make a conscious effort and a more um, systematic effort to introduce the larger populace to more of the world than what is around them because mostly when you find people that are exposed and well traveled and have experienced different cultures they are very tolerant of divergence but then if you find people who have experienced a monoculture have lived in a small town and never been out and i think those people tend to be less open i'm not saying Mm. that people like that are always certain type of people but they tend to be less open the people that have, always, have only been experienced with one religious system, one ethnic group, one race, when they experience others not like them, that is where what Morris said earlier on, the in-group, out-group dynamics play out a, a lot. And so the government can play an active role in systematically opening up the populace to more of the world. There was this show back in the 1970s in the US, Cosmos by Carl Sagan, which was about the universe and man place in the universe, how many planets there are, astronomy, all of that, right? And that was like it did help a lot. It opened the, the public's eye to more of the world, okay? Like every time I say, if once I get some loose millions, I'll take that, <laughs> I'll take that show, translate into like several local languages and blast it on the radio, or sorry, and the TV in Ghana. And I bet that would shape a lot of money. So the government can make a systematic effort, that's one. And our educational system, our formal educational system, must inculcate more philosophy into it. When we are young, right. we learn about, we learn social studies, our place. In Ghana, now they've changed the, the, the name of social studies. In the primary education, Is now what our world and our place in the world. Like genuinely opening the students up to more of the world. And then educating them more in philosophy, I think, would ground us. I, I don't know, but I that's my conviction. Formal educational modifications in terms of philosophy and then a bit more of the social philosophy and then the government's systematic effort I think that'll go a long way to engineer society differently you know just
1: to piggyback on what you said I definitely agree with what you said this is where the government like you've mentioned and not just government private players as well could use this same media and technology so nowadays we have informations at the palm of our fingers so we could use this as a tool to enhance empathy development so by Exposing people to different perspectives, ensuring that the experience of people and the emotions that these people exhibit are also put out on display as well. For example, I think a study was done with kids that were exposed to certain characters through TV and media at an early age. They start to exhibit those characters that is being portrayed on the films and the programs that they're watching so by mm-hmm. constantly exposing people in general to this i think it would go a very long way to help develop empathy or more empathy towards
2: yeah sorry no, i don't agree two. with this let me chip in this. i know you could, perhaps, okay. well, or maybe i should wait for it here but i just wanted to add this no go but for ultimately, it ultimately each individual should take it upon themselves to be more open and diverse and what have you and our social institutions, the custodians of knowledge and figures with followers and whatnot, the, anyone in a position to shape the minds of people should contribute to it, individuals themselves should take some level of accountability, but to be able to achieve that macro level transformation is why I like to bring in the formal education system and then the systematic efforts of government to, into every society differently, please. Share your thoughts with
1: just before yes. you do, just oh, last right. one. Okay. <laughs> so remember what we talked about: cognitive and intellectual empathy. So this is where, as individuals, we need to find ways to leverage both capabilities. Uh, we need to ensure that we use the intellectual part of the conversation to help us relate more with experiences that we are not familiar with mm-hmm. and then the emotional empathy then also helps us to evolve well, just because we can feel it then we can relate more with it but i think we need to also be able to leverage both aspects as well but yeah go on
0: all right then i'm forgetting half of it but i just I still remember <laughs> to <I> still... <laughs> First things first. Personally, I don't buy into the, the you know TV and radio one. They are called TV program and radio program in the first place. I don't want people to be programmed. I want people to be free in the first place. So I don't buy. I don't buy into it. I'm not saying don't watch TV. If you want to watch TV, go ahead and watch TV. It's your life. Do your thing. I'm just saying I'm conscious of what I watch. The other point I agree with what Prince said is in terms of like sociology. I think one of the reasons why I'm more open minded was in A-levels, I did sociology. That, first of all, opened my mind to ask questions that it's not only about you. What you experience is different from someone else's experience. You don't understand how they're socialized, you don't know their circumstances. So give people a break. I agree that sociology, teaching people sociology more, especially in primary, secondary school, helping them to understand and be more philosophical in nature might change how people view the world. I, I agree with that. I was going to ask, what about gender roles in the home? Like, where does respect come into this? You don't have to talk about your personal opinion on things, but just a general conversation, general gender roles. Where does respect come into this? Where does empathy come into this, Maurice? I'll
1: I'll just keep it simple. Please do. I think we should challenge whatever assumptions is always put before us. That's one. And also, we should be able to... Because a lot of the time there's this gender stereotypes. And as a result of these stereotypes, I talked earlier about how men tend to suppress uh, empathy, and then women are seen to basically overextend it. So the goal would be to challenge some of these existing stereotypes that we have. And yeah, so I, I think for gender roles, we should also be mindful about what we teach our kids growing up again even not just our kids uh, the type of conversation we have with our family members our friends in terms of perpetuating those negative stereotypes when it comes to um, expressing empathy and so I think that's also another important aspect as well and also we should again we should put humanity first I always Try as much as I can personally to give people the benefit of the doubt. The goal would be to think first before we act. So we think first because sometimes we we could fall into this emotional trap and Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll leave it there.
0: Yeah, that's why the Professor. Look at you trying to distract <laughs> me from my point. I'm not going to buy it. Oh, you no, are masterful she... at it as well, <laughs> The Professor Morris. But we'll leave it at that. Nice cop out, but you've not answered the question. I'll come okay, back. Okay, no um, <laughs> yes, Mr. Prince, please. Right. Do no cop out. No, not um, at all. Yeah, what do you think about where does empathy come in? Yes, in gender roles and empathy, you know, gender roles relationships. All of this. No, yes.
2: I, I have a very definite opinion on this, and I'll be direct with it as well. Um. Yes, respect, empathy, these are values that are important in every home. And I think every home ought to have these values. When it comes to the question of gender roles, I think that from my perspective, there are gender roles. I think nature has predisposed us for there to be gender roles. Nature
0: or not.
2: Th- I'm sorry. Nature has predisposed yeah. us for there to be gender roles. My can,
0: you ex- can you expand on this? Just on a minute.
2: Slightly. Yeah. Nature has predisposed yeah. us for there to be gender roles in the sense that this is it. Women can get pregnant, men cannot. Mm-hmm. Right? And then nature has made it such a way that men, on the average, are relatively stronger than women. And so there are some things that men can do better than women. That's my perspective. Mm-hmm. And the fact that women can get pregnant and men cannot means that if women bear their children or their offspring, they will be relatively better disposed to nurture or be perfect. primary care givers, that's that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say that there are gender roles and nature has predisposed us for us to play certain gender roles better, all right? So that's how I see it. Also, I see gender roles a bit as division of labor in economics, okay? There's a lot that yeah. needs to be done in every home or in every society, and we need to divide the labor. In a home, there's some things that has to be done, and then the roles need to be shared. So if there's division of labor in economics or in the factory, in the campaign that's acceptable, why can there not be division of labor, i.e. gender roles in their homes as well. Okay. So from my perspective, it's gender roles, nature predisposes us for there to be gender roles, and it's quite efficient also if there are gender roles, because it helps us to be more economical in how we utilize resources. And in that respect. If there are gender roles, then there ought to be respect about whatever role that each person, the gender is playing. And we have to be empathetic also. There are some extremes that I think can be looked at in a black and white manner. And there are some gray areas that I think for those gray areas, every home needs to find what it is that works for them. All right. So for instance, maybe in my home, I would do all the ironing because I consider that to be part of my roles in the home. In another home, maybe the woman would do all of it. That's if it works for them, each to their own. All right, but there are some extremes in terms of the gender roles that I think can be established and there are some great areas that each home ought to iron out how they are going to go around it. And like I said, it to me is like division of labor. We have to mm-hmm. divide right. the effort and apportion it and everyone would
0: excel at a particular um... Please bear with me Maurice. I can see you, Sumani, <laughs> you're ready to go <laughs> No, a not... second. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, go well, on. I think. Yes, what well, you've explained, fair enough, but that's not the context I was trying to talk about. Right, that's not the, so I was bringing in the studio, into please. Yes, yes, you're passionate. I like that passion. Speaking about gender roles. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about like empathy in terms of support, yeah. right? Yes, there might be, there's defined, like you said, every household have their own defined or ag- arranged gender roles. What this person is going to do, this person, what this person is going to do, that's right. right? So where does empathy come into in terms of if one person is tired or one person is ill and cannot do their role, why should the other person be forced to do that role? Like, why pe- don't people support each other? So, for example, if the gender role in the house is that the mother should be what more kind of baby, why can't the husband or partner in some situations try to help? Mm. Or in a situation whereby the gender role for the man is to you know, pay all the bills, provide everything, why can't there be situations whereby the lady or wife, partner, or whatever, <laughs> supports the man wow. in some situation? Where does empathy come into gender roles? I think that's the question I okay. was kind Please, of... Let me see. Let me give you another shot and see if I answer your questions. For me... Don't that... give me a short. Give me a long one. It's podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? In that context, I would say empathy is very it When it comes to gender roles in the home, both partners need to be empathetic towards each other Right, there are gender roles, but they are not cast in stone, or they're not set in stone that one cannot they cannot be switched around. I think yeah. just like division of labor, others will excel at other roles more than other people. Right. However, in the same context of division of labor, when the person that is excellent at the role is not available to do it or anything hinders them, then there or someone else needs to fill in for for them. All right. So from how I see it, empathy is quite key in their homes because partners need to understand each other in terms of what role that they are playing, how they do it. And that way, if they are ever in a position of not being able to play their assigned gender role, then the other partner also be able to slot in for that's me. I think for me, gender roles, there are some extremes, especially the ones mm-hmm. that are nature backed, Right. But mm. aside from the ones that are nature but for me, all the other gender roles are very fluid and they can be switched and swapped around. The man can be the primary financial muscle in the home or the woman could also mm. completely do that, each, each to their own. That empathy mm. is very key. And it's key for me in my worldview because the gender roles, aside the extreme, like I said, are nature, I'm grounded in nature, the rest are very fluid. And so gen- empathy becomes key in the sense that since the gender roles could be switching from one person to the other and they can be changed in terms of who is doing what. Empathy is key. If we empathize towards each other, then we can craft a system where each person is always playing a gender role that will make us thrive together. Because that's my best attempt at answering your question. If I feel that answering it to them, I have to do
0: my second race <laughs> no, no failure, no, no failure. We are not in the Kenyan society. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, Maurice. You want to come in I could say you're smiling. No, yeah. no I, yeah, I. He will
2: give us a very evidence <laughs> uh,
0: explanation soon. I'm
2: sure. Yeah. No, I think you said it all. I think it's all about having a
1: balance. Okay. And again, when it comes to decision making, there should be a balance. Again, I would personally say there is no gender specific role to a certain extent, but that's a different long conversation. So maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe for you, (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about that another time. But essentially, I think the goal for me, what I would like to say is we as individuals as human, both males and females, should always try to challenge those gender norms that are restrictive. That's what I'll say. There are certain roles that the way it's been portrayed that the father or the mother has to do it. I think the goal is to challenge some of those. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to disagree or agree, but just abuse think them. about it exactly so we think about it and then we challenge them but yes but again think first and then act later
0: no thank you very much and if you're wondering where that question came from please check out episode six boys with boys on dr tof's corner on youtube or in this cat arms podcast on all platforms remember please give us a like subscribe to the channel if you're not yet subscribe and leave your opinion and comment as well we would like to discuss them in a future show the last question I have for today... Thank you, first of all. Thank you. I appreciate your time for staying this long. The last question I have for today is cyberbullying. Like, where does empathy come into play in cyberbullying? What role can empathy play in cyberbullying, Prince? Yeah. When I I look at it, there's, there's things like cyberbullying
2: that makes me always run to macro solutions towards making society more diverse and inclusive, Right. Because with the issue of cyberbullying, cyberbullying is ultra difficult to be regulated, okay, but for instance, there's been attempts by the social media companies to try and regulate the language use mm-hmm. and then delete certain content. That people are so innovative that they can, these, most of these apps are in, are in a foreign language, right? They can do mm-hmm. insulting, say, uh, in my language tree or in Yoruba or in other mm-hmm. languages that the these, the AI cannot pick up. Yeah. And so I think for me, it's the people that need to be shaped in terms of their thinking and then their attitudes, when the government makes that systematic efforts across society to make us more diverse and inclusive, that will help your educational system is doing that, that will help and our social institutions and all the other custodians of knowledge, those that have influence of the populace, could also do a bit of that. But empathy is very key in w- w- with cyberbullying. How can you go online with your own views and opinions and expect that the millions of people online should have the same views and opinions as you? Especially when yeah. almost everything that exists has varieties, and you happen to be a particular strand. Like if you are, you have it, you blog a different ways, a different social class. You live in a particular corner kind of the world, and people are also like in their own universes. So for me, I just cannot wrap my head around how people cannot. Be open-minded and not be empathetic, especially in, on online. That's like a marketplace for diversity. So empathy is very key. Going online, I think anyone that's online, trying to attract other people, you ought to exercise a high level of empathy. That way, I think it even gives you a better experience online. So empathy for me is very key. And like anyone that's online ought to practice that. And then obviously be careful about the cyber bullies and know when to disengage with them. I, I remember once I was being cyber bullied on LinkedIn. Like someone was just messaging me and attacking me about things. I just responded hmm. once that okay, I'm sorry. I have to disengage with you and I have to disconnect with you because of how you're coming at me. And uh, that that was it. So you need to learn wh- who these cyber bullies are and that tells and understand it. And I think also sometimes people don't even know that they are cyber bullies. They True. think that they are just being them. They're going about their normal business, but they don't know they're cyber bullying. Empathy is key. We need to be conscious. We need to expose ourselves. But yeah, I, I don't know. Empathy is key. I, that's just a, a hodgepodge of an
0: answer, but I hope it, 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 there's some sense No. There. Hodgepodge, I like it. I'll keep it up I'm using it for future shows. <laughs> Thank you for that contribution. Yes, Maris.
1: I think we should also be aware that emotions can spread, especially in the social media network of today. So you can, you can spread emotions, both positive and negative emotions. So we should also be aware that some of these attitudes that we are portraying on social media can also spread because... Again, if this keeps being reinforced, sometimes people just see it as a norm. And that could be a very major problem. So that's one thing. Let's be critical. Let's also try and educate ourselves about the other side of the story that you you seem to be opposing so strongly. Just take a little bit of time. Do some research to see if you can understand it from, again, this is where intellectual empathy, empathy comes in. So try and see it from their own perspective as well. And also, another thing is people tend to focus on the negatives. And one thing is we talked about in-groups and out-groups. Another thing we should emphasize on is to why not highlight some of the shared goals or the shared mutual Understanding that we have on setting ourselves, because it's easy to focus on areas where we disagree. How about the areas that we do agree? So those shared goals promotes a situation whereby this humanity then comes out. This would be some of my summary or key takeaway based on the conversations we've had. So far yes. thank you both for your insightful comments. And
0: yeah, thank you dis- for trying it. to round up my show. <laughs> I found <thought> that coming. <laughs> right but yeah thank you first of all everything we've said so far comes down to empathy so you can't do it without without empathy trying to understand asking questions etc that's the the summary of it everyone if you've enjoyed the episode give us a thumbs up you can also do it if you're listening on spotify apple Podcasts, or any of the other platforms you can also give a thumbs up and that way that will increase our visibility to other people as well and help us grow this community that we are trying to build Thank you very much, Maurice, for your time. Thank you, Prince, for your time. And please support them in whatever they doing in their platforms. Prince, where can they find you? Yeah. So I think, like you said,
2: maybe you post my socials in the comment section. I'm available LinkedIn, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Twitter. It's Dr. Prince on other platforms, except in LinkedIn. That's um, Prince Okoa. And in, yeah, yeah. very geeky, so I stick to it. But it's the one I'm very keen on hearing from people is, there are comments and rebuttals to some of the things that we've said. And then hopefully in future we can convene and then chop some of these things off.
0: Right. Thank you. And Morris, where can they find you, sir?
1: Same always. Again, I'm not very active on LinkedIn, but yes, but I'm there. I'll try and be He's more He's very cool there then. As well. Well, <laughs> yes, but yeah. It, it, it has been good. So again, these are our thoughts. Sometimes we can only speak based on our understanding. So in, sure. obviously, there would be differences in ideas yeah. or opinions. Feel free to leave them in the comment section. Or this is mm-hmm. us. Just seeing it as we know yeah, um, but again insights from you guys could be very helpful but yes thank you
0: fantastic yeah please leave them in the comment section below and if you're listening on audio platforms or spotify you can leave a comment i don't know much about apple podcasts you can also leave them on our socials which is at dr toves corner on instagram facebook and x and at it's dr toves corner on tiktok until the next episode everyone use your brain S-E-F-R. He used your
2: brain.